Hey, it's your girl Ashley Easton, founder of the Amateur Expert brand, and you're not going to believe what we have coming up for you next. Ooh, tell me more. Hello, 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 everybody. It's your girl Ashley, the Amateur Expert, coming to you live today for this episode of Talk Tuesday. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, welcome. I hope that you uh, come back. Again, we're here weekly. If this is your first time, though, we do talk about uh, career paths, idea of success, and the tips and motivators um, that people use along the way. I'm super excited about my guest today. My girl, Anessa, will be joining us. We'll be talking about her career path and uh, the tips and motives that have got her to where she is today. Uh, hey, Ashley. Miss Ashley for joining us. Hey, girl. Uh, if you are joining us, tell us where you're joining from. And Anessa's in the building, so we are going to get started hi hello <laughs> how are you i'm great how are you i'm good happy talk tuesday all right, all right. it's a hot tuesday to be here listen it's a hot tuesday in these la streets but i'm happy that you are with us today so let's hop right in um tell us who you are and what you do currently for work all right my name is anessa de la cruz and i'm a dj and freelance artist out in los angeles california um, I started a platform called Nameless LA about five years ago, and it started with art installations. So I released a poetry book and made that into an art installation. And then from there, I realized that there was like a lot of female DJs. So I took some of the money that I got from that and bought my equipment, taught myself how to DJ. And from there, like that has been my main thing. Um, and then I still do other stuff too. Like I have a project called Accents that has... Um, two shows, two residencies, one at Haroon Coffee in Los Angeles and one at Axiom Art Gallery in Leimert Park. Um, so yeah, pretty much just kind of do my own thing. Anything that creatively calls me, I kind of stick my foot in it and figure it out from there. <laughs> and we love a multi-hyphenate on the show, so happy to have you. Uh, can you tell me though, when you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up and what was like the motivating factor behind that? So when I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a music journalist. That was like the thing. I wanted to do print. I wanted to write for The Source, Double XL, like magazines like that. Um, my dad, he worked for a record label called Def Jam, and that's a really well-known record label. Um, and so I just always remember being with him. Like he would take me to work with him, and I would do like kid stuff like I'd be in there and he'd be like oh you want to stuff these backpacks <laughs> like something like that you know just being around music and being around um, a lot of stars very young and early um, kind of just motivated me and I've always loved music like the one thing I, I my parents were very disciplinary but the one mm -hmm. thing that I thank them for is that they never sheltered me with what I listened to mm -hmm. and so that kind of like created my love for music my taste for music and from there, like, I just was like, I, I want to be the person that writes about it. I've always been a writer. I've always loved to write. Um, and then when I got older, I actually got a career in communication with a focus in journalism, mm -hmm. uh, all journalism. So that includes print and broadcasting. Um, but I realized that the money in print was kind of dying out. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that I kind of had to, like, make my own lane in a sense. Mm -hmm. So I, I self-published a poetry book. Um, and I still find ways to assert myself as a writer. It's just not in the ways that I thought I would growing up. Um, it's giving uh, Sydney Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. I'm Brown Sugar, if you don't know. Um, okay. Exactly. 
So tell me this. When you hip hop. <laughs> yes. Um, so tell me this. When did or what did you how would you have defined success when you were younger? Hi, Danea. Love hey, you. <laughs> um, when I was younger, I would have damn. I feel like when I was younger, I would have defined success by what I was going to have by a certain age mm. and what I was going to be by a certain age. Like, I just thought that, you know, everyone thinks like, oh, you're 25, you're going to own your house and you're going to have this and this and that and all of that. I'm like, okay. Um, but now, I guess if, if you were going to segue into that, like what's success now? Yeah, definitely. Now I feel like my version of success is um, – how much freedom I have to create and how much happiness and joy that I have. And sometimes like having certain material things might add to that joy, but sometimes it's not really that necessary. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess I just kind of live by as long as I have my needs met, I try not to stress about whatever else is on the way. Cause I know that like, it's mine. Like I, I believe in abundance and I believe in manifestation um, and so I, I, I never lack for anything. So I guess you could say, like, I feel successful in that, right? I love that. Okay, so you sort of hinted at it, um, but I would love for you to sort of give us the path and like uh, your journey from being wanting to be a um, a music journalist to dabbling in it a little bit um, and to now being this creative that you are, this DJ, um, this author, like a poet, sort of, can you just tell us sort of the steps that you took? Um, so if there are any other aspiring um, creatives out there? All right. So I guess the first thing that I had to do was kind of like get over a lot of the fears that I had. Um, when I moved back to LA after graduating from college, I seen that a lot of my friends were like creatives and they were doing stuff. They were making their own brands, having their own installations, you know, painting, doing a bunch of stuff that like I really didn't see where I was at because I was in school in the South. And so mm -hmm. from there, from from their perspective, we just they just wanted to filter us through like news broadcasting places to get jobs, mm -hmm. and things like that. So I didn't really um, see how being a creative could serve you financially, I guess, and mm -hmm. as a career until I moved back to LA. Um, and so I was around a lot of people, a lot of my peers that were doing things that I'm just like, why didn't I ever think to do this? Because I wasn't exposed to it. Mm -hmm. um, and the first step I had to take was the step to complete a task, I would say. Mm -hmm. I had so many ideas and I would tell my friends all of these ideas that I had. And I was just like, oh yeah, I want to do this. I want to do that and blah, 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 blah. But I never would put them into action or finish them. Yeah. And when I started doing my first installation, it, it was called uh, Nameless, A Post-Traumatic Self um, that revolved around my poetry book. Um, I just remember a switch going off in my head that was like, okay, it doesn't matter what obstacle you run into and it doesn't matter what happens along the way. Like, this is going to be the first thing that you complete, that you finish. And it didn't matter to me at that point, like how perfect it was or what was going on. It was just like, I have to complete the task because I got tired. I'm, I'm a woman of my word. Like all of my friends know, like 
I'm very accountable and dependable. And I didn't want to be the friend that was constantly talking about doing stuff, but never did it. Like, I didn't want that to be my reputation. And so at that point, I remember that that was like something I was like, okay, you need to finish it. Um, and then so from there, that was like a mental hurdle that I had to overcome. Mm-hmm. And I guess the steps from there was kind of just like breaking your tasks down into smaller um smaller things to do i guess you say breaking the items down into smaller tasks so that you can get things done daily Mm -hmm. so um when you are doing an art installation the first thing you need to have is a venue Mm -hmm. um well no the first thing you need to have is the work (laughs) so (laughs) you know so there would be like a month where i would strictly focus on working with my graphic designer to make sure that the book was coming out correct and i wouldn't focus on anything else i wouldn't worry about what furniture i was gonna have i wouldn't worry about the venue i wouldn't worry about promotion i wouldn't worry about anything it was mm-hmm. just me every day interfacing with the graphic designer and um the printing company to make sure that like all of the steps was being taken to make sure that this part of the project is done and mm-hmm. then from there we focus on merch you got to order the t-shirts you got to find a printing company you got to do the design you got to do that you know you like break it down into smaller tasks Um, Then you find a venue and then at the end, everything is like assembled together. A lot of people get stuck because they're looking at the bigger picture the whole time, Mm -hmm. but they don't realize all the components that go in the picture and all the work that all the little components take as well. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that for me is like a big um, piece of advice that I would give to anyone that's working on something. It's like, think about the smaller things it's going to take to create the bigger thing and work on the smaller things one at a time. And then you'll build it one by one. I love that. That's dope. Um, so tell us how and when you started DJing. Okay. So I started DJing in 2017. Um, I bought my equipment. I, my, my installation happened on my birthday in October of 2017. I bought my equipment like a month later and then um, I started teaching myself pretty much. Um, I had another fear that I had to overcome with DJing. I never felt like I was tech savvy. I always Mm -hmm. felt I was behind in that sense. Like I'm very old school when it comes to social media and all this stuff, like all this stuff that Instagram be doing. I do not want to keep up with it. The real, all that, like I do not care to keep up with any of that stuff. Um, I came out of the age of like MySpace and Tumblr mm-hmm. and I like, I love Twitter. So yeah, stuff like that is like that we've been using in the era of social media is what I stick to. But when the changes come, it makes it very hard for me to like get with it. Yeah. And because um, DJing had kind of turned from an analog medium to a digital medium, I kind of was scared to like have to go on there and like teach myself. I just looked like mad buttons to me. I was just like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I had to tell myself like, look, you know, so many people and not to be arrogant or nothing, but it's like, I'm really smart. So why do I think that I can't teach myself something if a million other people who may or may not be smarter than me can teach themselves like what's wrong with you, you know? So I had to get over that hurdle. Um, and I just started looking up videos on YouTube, like, and I just started practicing like every um, day I would pick a video and I just would practice that. Like one day I'll do like um, beat matching and the other day it would be like me downloading mad songs. And then the other day it would be me blending. Um, and then when I felt ready enough to um, go out into the world, I DJed one party as like a test. It was like a 
um, a brunch for uh, someone who I used to work with who owns a Jamaican restaurant. And then that was the first gig I did that was like not paid. And then the second gig that I did, a shocker to me, my second gig ever was a paid gig. And that happened because a friend that I've known since I was seven years old was like, Anessa says she started DJing and we all know her music selection has always been fire since we were kids. So let's just throw her out there. They <laughs> said, uh, here, take the ox. Do exactly. it, And so I ended up doing a party on the water called Washed and Restless in the marina. And it was like the most lit party of the summer that summer. Um, we actually did two or three of them. And then from there, everybody just started booking me like, I don't know. It just it just happened. And I think it was like I was just such in alignment because you don't realize how much credit your community gives you by just being who you are. And I thought that because I never asserted myself as like um, an artist in this right or like a DJ or whatever the case is, that it would be way harder for me to like earn my stripes. And there was challenges but I was also embraced just because people knew my history and people knew that like I was always the girl that you could kind of get into those debates with about music and I always had an opinion on it and I always had good opinions and good taste. So um, that actually went a long way for me. Um, and I don't know, it's just crazy to say, like I'm on my fifth year. Um, I finally feel like, like a veteran in a sense, mm -hmm. um, but I still also have a long way to go. Um, and it's, it's, it's a blessing. Well, I have been to a party that you have DJed and it was definitely lit. So y'all book your girl if you need a DJ and <laughs> Uh, yes. Okay. So, uh, someone in the chat asked, um, where can they find your mixes? And also shout out to my nephews who are watching. Um, so I have a few old mixes on SoundCloud. I did have to pull some of them because of copyright issues. Mm -hmm. um, I also have two, um, two playlists, sanctioned playlists. One is sanctioned by Title. I was a, a DJ select on Title, and yep. then also I had a True Religion um, collaboration, and part of that was a playlist as well. So you can look up the True Religion playlist on Spotify, and then the Title playlist. Um, on title and then i do have some mixes on soundcloud uh my soundcloud tag i believe is soundcloud.com slash nl issue if well, how about this send me the links and we'll have yeah, them so anyone who's listening now or listening back can definitely cl click the links and support and hear hear the vibes because it's always so bad i have to send them to you like later on yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt okay uh, um, okay, so what is something that you know now that you wish you would have known sooner? I wish I would have known that there's a lot in this industry that you can't rush. Mm. I would have known that, you know, like a lot of times when we do things, we expect that like your audience will be there and like support you this way because you put in this amount of time or this amount of work or whatever the case is, or you expect to get this type of return on investment with certain things that you kind of like put your heart into. Cause it's, a, it's really a passion investment. It's like a heart yeah. um, as well as a money investment with a lot of things. And uh, you, you can't rush the way that people are going to receive you and you cannot rush 
the timing in which things are going to happen for you. Yeah. You just kind of have to keep doing the work. And then one day when that shit clicks, like it'll all be sorry. <laughs> uh, it'll all be uh, worth it in a sense. Um, and so I feel like at a certain point I was kind of rushing to do this so that I can get this or make this move so that this can happen for me. And I was kind of like on a hamster wheel with it because mm -hmm. it just, it wasn't, things were not aligning, you know? Yeah. And with my last project accents, that was a big teacher for me because I started working on it in 2019 and I thought that it was going to come out in end of 2019 or 2020 the latest mm -hmm. and it came out until the end of 2021 um but by the end of it I had gained so many resources and I had so many sponsors and so much happened to make it a better project than what I began with that all the time and the frustration because it wasn't coming out mm -hmm. at the time that I wanted to was worth it um and even now like that project came out and I've done two residencies but it's not over with like I'm doing a documentary on it and I still have a few more stops um to show the installation as well um and I've made so many connections just because I had to make this connection to get this part of the project done. And I had to go source this to get this part of the project done. And I had to reach out to this company to get this sponsorship to get that part of the project done. And so it was like, if I would have just put it out in 2019, mm -hmm. it wouldn't have had the longevity that it's going to have now. Yeah, that's dope, the impact. Um, and I think that it's frustrating <laughs> sometimes, right? Because like, it's your baby. It's what you were so excited about. And then it's just like not happening. And so what I've heard you say consistently um, over the course of us talking is starting, creating, like um, making your tasks manageable for yourself, but also right. being consistent. Right. Um, which is dope uh, that you have, not, have acknowledged those things and then have thus had success um, by doing that. Um, one of the last things I want to ask you um, is like, how do you motivate yourself or what are some tips that you've used um, along the course of your journey that has helped you to uh, have this longevity? Um, I would say that I stay motivated by the first thing that I said when I said like I kind of hold myself accountable. And so mm -hmm. when I start something, I'm going to finish it. So I have a very unorthodox method of staying motivated. And I'm going to tell you what it is. People think I'm crazy. My mom thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> my mom and all of my friends are the type of people that are like, you're not supposed to tell anybody what you're working on and what you're doing until mm -hmm. it's done because you're, you're inviting negative energy in and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm the type of person that's like, I'm going to tell every person I know that I'm working on this because if I tell you, that means that I have to do it. Because yeah. they're going to see me out in the world and someone's going to be like, oh, Anessa says she was going to do this and then it didn't happen. Yeah. And so me knowing that about myself, I kind of like talk to people about the things that I'm doing. I talk to my peers. I talk to my friends and family. Or if I see someone out in the street that I know might be in the um, crowd or the type of people that like mm -hmm. will go support my work I tell them yeah. like oh, I have this coming out that coming out and so it's like even if it comes out in three years you can bet that it's gonna happen yeah. but I, I feel like that's something that works for me versus other people they work better when it's like protected and secretive and they kind of mm -hmm. just able to like baby it and nurture it and grow it up and me I'm more so like damn you need to put your money where your mouth is you know so accountability I and also <laughs> like um just being true to your work Exactly. So I think that's how I keep myself motivated. It's like me knowing that even if I'm exhausted, even if I'm tired, even if 
Um, another thing that I was going to add to the last uh, question you said that I kind of remembered afterward was yeah. um, sometimes the work, something that I learned as well um, that I didn't know before, mm -hmm. sometimes the work that you're doing is old to you, but it's new. Mm -hmm. So just because you feel that, damn, I put this out two years ago or three years ago, like I'm tired of working on this or I'm tired. Like I, I see this every day. Like it's just getting exhausting looking at it. So what? You didn't go to Europe. You didn't go to freaking Arkansas. You didn't go yeah. to work. You didn't go here. So there's yeah. somebody in the world who doesn't know your work. Mm -hmm. So you need to keep on pushing your work, even your old work. You need to keep it in some type of archive so that people can see it because that's going to be a new experience for somebody that's going to reach a new audience and it's going to reach new supporters. Um, and so that's something that I learned. And that's something that's kind of motivating me as well to keep my projects ongoing instead of just mm -hmm. doing in the past, which is like, oh, you do an art installation, it's up for a week, and then nobody ever sees mm -hmm. it. Like, right. Just because you put that work out five years ago doesn't mean that someone won't resonate with it today. They yeah. never heard it or seen it. So how would they know? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You literally just brought like a tear to my eye because I have <laughs> emotional, but also like trying to be consistent with this podcast right. and with the clothing line and with the things. And it's like, it's not happening how I thought it was going to happen or like I'm losing my own motivation or things of that nature. And it's like, you have to be consistent exactly. and um, it's going to it's going to come to fruition for how it's however it's supposed to come right like so like you said about your accents you had it you read you were ready for 2019 and then now that you dropped it when you dropped it you had more sponsorships and it was like even bigger than you could have imagined right and so it's just like staying consistent and doing these shows every week and it's like you gotta keep going girl because you do. Gonna... I, I just watched um Issa Rae's Drink Champs interview and I love Issa Rae shout out Issa Rae same same same, same. Uh, it's like a bestie in my head Exactly. Um, and she said that one thing that was shocking to her was that with her Awkward Black Girl series, she was not one of these. She had some viewers, but she was not one of these viewers that had like these YouTubers that had like millions of views. Mm -hmm. But you, um, HBO actually knocked on her door because of the quality of her work and not because of like supporters mm -hmm. that she had. So I would say that if you know that your podcast is quality and you have great guests and you're able to lead a conversation, you're a great host. This conversation has been great for me and I'm pretty sure it's been for everyone. Else. When you, when it's time for your blessing to happen, you're going to have all of this to show people. And then that person might be the person that's going to be able to put it in the audience. That's going to multiply your supporters, you know, mm -hmm. but right now you may not have that outreach, but that doesn't mean that you're not doing good work. So you out here preaching <laughs> you got it <laughs> <laughs> no i appreciate you um and i am cr thankful that our paths cross and all all of the things um but the last question that i asked well actually no one more question so i am the founder or ceo i don't know but affirmed armor <laughs> is mine <laughs> like <laughs> Affirmed Dharma is minds or whatever. Um, and uh, in March, we released a new affirmation, I am evolving. And I wonder if you can share with us, what is your go-to affirmation? My go-to affirmation. You know what? I honestly don't have a go-to affirmation. I feel like I need to work on that. <laughs> well, I think I think a, a part of what you're saying or like what, what you said and like your motto is sort of like, uh, I'm going to get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. By so, 
by any means necessary. I think that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna work on refining that, uh, so that you have a go to like on your mirror. So when you and uh, you and Issa are doing your mirror, girl, yeah. <laughs> you can you can have you can have an affirmation or two to go to. Okay. Um, all right, but so okay, so I'm the amateur expert, and I know just a little bit about a lot. And so my last question that I'm going to ask you is if you could share with me a random t- fact or a tidbit of information that I could say Anessa taught me. It could be like a DJ, something. It could be poetry. It could be self-publishing. Any of the things. Okay, okay, got you. All right, so I will talk about um, something that was really, really difficult to do, but I was able to do it. Okay. Um, so for accents. Sorry, there's a car driving by. You good? So accents is a sound installation, and the installation is composed of a vinyl record and 35 millimeter photography. I decided to make the impossible possible by making my own vinyl record, and I am not a singer, an artist, or a producer, or anything by any means. I don't play any instruments. But the vinyl has a bunch of conversations that I've had with people all over the world um, over a jazz instrumental that I had uh, I co-composed with a band. Um, That's lit. Yeah, it's really it's really cool. So when you walk in the installation, you're able to listen to the headphones, um, the the record player that has headphones attached to it, and it's like a real vinyl playing. And Crosley, shout out Crosley brand, they sponsored the uh, record player, so they're one of my sponsors for that. Um, so I have a record player right there, look. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a <laughs> I got you. Yes, please. All right. I love that. That's lit. One thing I will say, um, a, a, a tip for anyone who's interested in like manufacturing any type of analog style of music, most of the time, if you're getting any tapes, CDs, or records played, especially with vinyl records, there are only maybe like two or three actual machine presses in the U.S. Uh, so most vinyl companies they outsource to get those made and they will send your orders out to like Europe like Czech Republic or something like that Mm -hmm. so there's not a lot of small batch vinyl making companies in the world um you have to order them in bulk so I had to order like I think the the lowest I could do was like 250 so I had to order a larger quantity and you Mm -hmm. also have to make sure that you're leaving time to get that done because Mm -hmm. to another a whole nother continent, but they're not going to tell you that when you order it. So um, that I went to was Pirates Press and they are located in the U.S. Their office is in like Northern California. However, when I was placing my order, I had to keep backing up the dates because they outsource Mm -hmm. all the public. So I think for anyone that's interested in any analog forms of like making music, I know a lot of people... Mm -hmm. They, they are cool with the digital stuff, but like for art form purposes or for just like packaging purposes, they'll want to make a tape or they want to still sell a CD or something like that just because of how it looks and like for merch and stuff like that. Um, just like leave time when you want some of those old um, mediums to still exist in your work. That's lit. Thank you, Anessa. I'm about to get me a, uh, I'm, I'm about to put something on vinyl. I don't know what, but Girl, you be my mixtape. <laughs> Your mixtape. <laughs> my affirmations mixtape. My manifestation mixtape. It's going to be a thing. Watch. That would be dope. I can't wait. We're going to work on it together. We're going to have you uh, spinning in the background. All right. I'm, I'm here for all of that. <laughs> I love it.
Um, and so let us know how we can support you. What do you have coming out? Uh, what, how, how can we, what, how we follow you? All of the things. Okay. So my Instagram is at nl.issue. Um, and I go by DJ Nameless. So if you ever see Nameless on anything, it's probably me. So you can support me by showing up. I love when people show up. I love to talk to people. I love to hug people. I love to have conversation. Um, I do respond to everyone's DMs. I know people don't be doing that, but I do. So you can hit me up if you'd like to chat. Um, I do have a film coming out, a film that I'm working on. It's Accents Documentary. So you can follow that journey at Accents Film. Um, and then my website is nameless-nl.com and I have a web store on there as well as some articles and things um, that you can dive into um, and I will be periodically dropping merch on there and all the things so yeah I would say Instagram is the best way to see it uh, once again at NL issue and then my film page is at accents film love it we'll have all that information in the show notes the show will be up later tonight Thank you all for listening and watching. Anessa, you have been amazing dropping all of the gems. And we will see you guys next week. Be good to yourself and be good to others. Peace. Great. Love y'all. <laughs> Later. <laughs>